You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Claire's upcoming season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 201. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. We're going to talk a show that we have not talked about yet on the podcast, and that is Love Island. We're joined by Trey Forte this week. Not a whole hell of a lot to get to before we get to the Trey podcast, just because not a lot to update you on in what's going on in Bachelor Land. Um, I, I do expect to have something in the next week or so. Um, it's not going to be a breakdown of episode-by-episode episode stuff, but it will be some spoilers for this season, just because, like I said, this this has just been a little more difficult. The bubble thing certainly played a role in it, um, uh, but in terms of the breakdown of who started the show, who was eliminated by Claire, who was brought on just for Tasha, and a few things here and there in terms of eliminations, I, the, the biggest thing that I don't have uh, right now is one confirmation of who Tasha chose and two the breakdown of who gets eliminated in each episode because the episode stuff is so screwy I don't know how many rose ceremonies there are I'm pretty sure I get Claire's is a lot easier because she didn't eliminate a lot of people uh, before she moved on with Dale it's it's the Tasha stuff Pretty sure I know who Tasha's final four are, but again, a lot of this stuff this season is going to be more of kind of like Pete's last season. Like I'm, I don't think I'm going to have the winner by the time the show starts. Maybe I will. I mean, it could come tomorrow for all I know. But I, right now, I don't think I'm going to have the winner by the time uh, the show premieres on October 13th for Tasha. We all know what happens with Claire, and yes, she's still with Dale. So I think it's just more along the lines of, hey, you know, you're going to know who's leaving. Just not maybe episode by episode you'll know who's leaving, but you'll know that who Claire gets rid of and who Tasha gets rid of. And I, I have some like, oh, Tasha at this rose ceremony, she gets rid of these guys and stuff like that. But I don't have every single detail nailed down. So I'm going to give you what I can probably in the next week or so. The other thing we got to uh, look forward to is I, I tweeted it out earlier this week, Matt James and, and crew, uh, the production crew uh, is already at Nemecolon probably just scouting stuff and um, quarantining. But the women don't leave for Nemecolon, Pennsylvania, uh, that resort, until next week. So they have not started filming Matt's season. The women aren't even there yet. They arrive, they leave next week. They'll probably quarantine for seven days, just like the men did for Claire's season. It was around seven to ten days for them. I've been told start date for Matt's season is October 10th. And it'll end right before Thanksgiving. So that's what we're looking at. Uh, I hope to have some stuff in the next week or so in regards to some stuff that I have not posted about Claire's and Tasha's season. So look forward to that. But Love Island. I've watched every episode. It's been on a month. It seems like it's been on three months because it's on six, five, six days a week. I've watched every episode. I've enjoyed it. I really have. Um, and... Trey Forte is a guy who lasted through four recouplings, 
Uh, so he lasted into week three. Uh, he has some interesting things to say. If you have watched the show, um, his take on some of the guys, I ask him some questions about who's kind of there for the wrong reasons, who uh, is the phoniest. Um, he's got some interesting things to say. Also, uh, if you didn't know this about Trey, you can get it through a Google search. Um, he, he did have some pretty controversial tweets back in 2013 and 2014, which is a thing now where people get um, canceled because of stuff they wrote years ago. And I asked Trey about it. If he was a senior in high school in 2013. He was a freshman in college in 2014. We go over the tweets, uh, and you'll hear what he has to say uh, about what he said in those tweets. And um, it's uh, it's it was refreshing to hear. Let's put it that way. So without any further ado, let's get going. Podcast number 201 with Trey Forte. All right, let's bring him in. Uh, you've seen him on Love Island this summer. And he's the first guest I've had from Love Island on. I want to get quite a few of them on before, you know, once everyone's home and whatnot. But it is Trey Forte. Trey, how you doing? Hey, what's up, man? What's up? All right. Uh, We've got so much to go over here because, you know, I was telling you off air um, when I started to sit down to, you know, think of some questions and stuff I wanted to talk about. I was like, I've watched every episode of Love Island this season. Last season I started – and after about two weeks, I was just like, eh, I can't, I can't get into it. And then, um, but I've watched every episode this season, yet when I went back to think about all the stuff that you were involved in, when uh-huh. I was reading old stuff, I was like, oh, that's right, he did do that. Oh, that's right, that was him. Like, so, Because so many people are there, they're bringing people in, people are hooking up with different people all the time. I, I just, I want to get a sense from you, obviously, who experienced it, to tell us what it was like. So first off, um, how did you get cast on a show like this? And did you watch season one? So actually, um, I had never heard of Love Island <laughs> until they reached out to me. Uh, so they reached out to me via Instagram. A producer did. I said I would be a, make an interesting cast member. Um, asked if I was single. Of course, I was single at the time. I've been single for some time. And I was like, this is an opportunity that I feel like I would, I would do well in. And I said, I feel like they, basically they felt like I was a good fit. And I felt like I was a good fit. So we went through with the process. Um, they had multiple people that they could have chosen. And I know a lot of people that probably went through the process, but they ended up picking me, thankfully. And uh, I ended up as an original cast member on the show. Yeah, that was uh, interesting because you're one of the shows, one of the few shows, you know, that started up during COVID. Can you tell us what it was like from the second you got out there until the first day you started filming, how many tests you had to take? And and once filming started, were you guys still tested when filming started? Uh, Yes. So they were very adamant about us being tested. Everybody, everybody who was a part of you know, uh, the cast members, even the crew, everybody was getting tested throughout the whole time. And so they were very adamant, making sure that we were all safe and um, taken care of. So I, I probably take, I take like 20 tests, 20 COVID tests. They stuck that cube up, tube up my nose. So. Oh, wow. But, and, yeah. But if, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they did that because, you know, I mean, the times that we're in, they're just, they're just making sure that we're all safe. So it was cool. Yeah, so when you got there, from the time you got to Vegas till the time of first day of filming, was it two weeks? Were you guys 
quarantined for two weeks or was it one or was it 10 days or what was it? Do you remember? Uh, so, yeah, we were, we were quarantined for some time. Um, so yeah, we were quarantined for at least two weeks okay. and then they had to go and they had to figure out exactly who was going to be going into the villa and when and all that stuff. So yeah, we were, we were quarantined for at least two weeks. Okay. So just like any other reality show, you had no idea clearly who else was on the show until you stepped into. No, uh, I didn't know. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know who else was going to be on the show until I walked out and I seen everybody when I went into the villa. Yeah. So we started out with five girls and six guys. They brought the girls out first, and then they brought the guys out. And the guys, just based off looks, had to choose which girl they wanted to, you know, quote unquote, couple up with. Um, well, at, well, first off, the girls could step forward once the guys came out. Any girl that was interested in that guy could step forward. And then, if there were multiple women, he had to choose between them, or I guess he could have chosen anybody he wanted if the girl he wanted didn't step forward. So you mm-hmm. come out. Nobody stepped forward for you. Was that, um, were you like, oh, man, already? Like, this sucks. Honestly, kind of, because well, I didn't realize that nobody had stepped forward for um, James and that Justine had stepped forward for Jeremiah Lake. So nobody stepped forward for him. And same thing with Carrington. So I was like, I, but I didn't re- I didn't know all that until after like we sat down. Like, yeah. I realized that like, that was that was a tough crowd, man. I was I know I was like <laughs> I was like man because I feel like if it was vice versa, the guys would have stepped forward like two three times. Um, but then like the more I thought about it, I mean like the girls were kind of in a tough situation, and I feel like they didn't they were kind of nervous or whatever and whatnot, and just waiting to see who else came out. So I mean, yeah, I was like, dang, I'm a confident guy. Like at least one of y'all gonna step forward. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it is what it is. So no, you no one steps forward for you. You end up picking Selly. Uh, Selly mm-hmm. eventually ended up coupling up with Johnny, uh, which mm-hmm. left you single. And to this day, now I can tell everybody that's listening to this on Thursday. We're recording this on Tuesday, so we have not, we will not be covering what happened in Tuesday night's episode and Wednesday night's episode. So the last that uh, that Trey and I are going to discuss is. The two women, I guess her name is Lakin, and one is Julia, the devil and the angel that entered at the end of Monday night's episode. That's basically what we're mm. up through when we record this. So, um, and as we know, Sally and Johnny have basically been coupled up since day one, day two. They are, uh, they seem to be the it couple uh, this this season. But you, uh, in the first recoupling that came about, you it came down. They basically left it up to you. I mean, the, that first recoupling was all about you because everyone else was pretty much solid. James was with Moira, and Jeremiah was with Rachel, and uh, mm-hmm. Carrington and Kirsten, and Connor and Mackenzie, Johnny and Selly. So they left it up to you, and you basically had to choose between Justine and Caitlin. Now, I don't know if you've watched the episodes, but as a viewer on TV, they totally made us think, or at least led us to believe that you were going to pick Caitlin. Was it never that, and that was just TV editing, or were you struggling? Between so, to be completely honest with you, it was really, really tough. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would have, I would have been taking a risk choosing either one of them. Um, obviously, I, like, I was very attracted to Caitlin. She was a cool girl. Um, but then I was, uh, me and Justine, we had a nice bond and we were really connected. And I feel like long-term me and Justine would have been better, um, than me and Caitlin was. So I, I had to make a decision long-term, but that decision was, 
it was really tough, especially when I walked out and um, I seen them both dressed up. And man, it was tough. Yeah, it was very, it was very, very tough. After that first recoupling, I think it was right after they had two guys enter. Uh, texts mm-hmm. came. Everybody freaked out that a text came. I think that's the gist of the show. They tell you guys to overreact when a text comes in. Um, so Caleb, so Caleb and Calvin enter at that point, and mm-hmm. it's just so weird. It was I don't know if you recognize this, but as a viewer, the show got very confusing in the beginning, just because you had a Selly, a Connor, a Carrington, then you bring in a Caleb and a Calvin. You know, you got all these C's, and then you got Johnny Jeremiah James, and you're just like, can we get, can you get some cast members that don't have the same first initials for guys? I mean, it, you'll you'll get a couple on a show like this where it's maybe one or you know maybe two, but you know with, yeah. with four with five C's and three J's, it's like all right, and it did it definitely got a little confusing. But so Caleb and Calvin entered, and um, I uh, I, I just. Well, I, you know what? I'll get to this now. I was going to wait for this until later, but I want to ask you this about Moira. Moira seems like <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't have anything bad to say about her. I think she's super sweet. I don't think she's really made out for this show. Like I, I honestly get the sense that Moira thinks that she can find a husband on television, and you know, I mean, it's happened on other shows. We've, I guess, we've seen it here and there, but. Moira has literally she just likes every guy that likes her because if you look at it <laughs> if you, I mean I'm looking at it and I wrote it down and I'm like first she started with James and then all of a sudden Calvin came in and she was oh I'm all about Calvin and James and, and then Aaron from Casa Amor is what oh okay I'm not into Calvin anymore I like Aaron and then she went to Connor when Mackenzie was gone and now if you go to Monday night's episode. It's I'm back to Calvin, but I don't really like Calvin. I really want Bennett, and it's just I'm I'm like, <laughs> oh man. So she is I, I, nice girl, yeah. but I think she's really like, you know, hey, I, man. when I she's a player, man. She's a player. <laughs> if, if that was me doing all of that, like I was, like, I was labeled a player because I was hopping around, man. Can can they label her a player? <laughs> He's hopping around, man. Yeah, I, no, I am just, I, I almost feel, I, I don't know what her, I don't know why she can't. I mean, we saw the fight with James, which I'll get into in a minute. But, um, I, I, okay, so she went to Calvin because James didn't work out. Okay, but then it was just like every new guy that came in, she was <laughs> like, oh, oh, a new one, uh, you know. And I'm just like, what is going on here? Um, but anyway, um, yes. so I want to talk about the Moira James thing because. From the beginning, when I was texting my friends about this, the few that do that were watching it with me, I'm like, "Hey, if you had to rank right now who America would choose as the, the you know their favorite couple, who do you think?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh my God, it's Moira and James. Like they're the cutest thing yeah, in the world." That's what I thought. Yeah. And so you know James, I've probably spoken to him post show, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've watched the episodes of them fighting and and how James came across. What do you think happened there? So. Uh... Well, I think because I, I I I was kind of close to James. Yeah. Um, it came to a point where James is the kind of guy that wears his heart on the sleeve, and he put all of his eggs in Moira's basket. Yeah. Like, he's a cool dude, but he definitely put all of his eggs in Moira's basket, and um, I feel like they they were clicking really well at first, um, but I just feel like things were probably escalating a little bit too fast for them a lot faster than what Moira wanted. 
And when Calvin came, it kind of gave Moira an excuse to like scapegoat and leave James. And I feel like I feel like he, how he reacted kind of led to the turmoil that that happened between them. Gotcha. And I got you. I tried to stop him from overreacting like that, but everybody everybody reacts to things differently. I I definitely agree that Moira could have handled the situation better and she could have communicated with him a little bit better, but he also on his half, he handled the situation wrong. And I told him like to this day, I'll tell him. Um, cause like that's just how I am. Like yeah. I'm just straight up. But, but yeah, they both could have handled the situation a lot better. But at the end of the day, they didn't, and that's what led to them falling out. Yeah, and then she ends up choosing uh, Calvin at her next recoupling when it was the women's when it was the women's turn to choose. All right, guys, I want to talk to you again about empathize.com. We talked about it last week. We're going to talk about it again. We all have bills. We all have multiple credit cards. A lot of us do. And isn't it annoying that you have to go to different websites to pay each one or different apps to pay each one? With empathize.com, you don't need to do that anymore. Go to empathize.com, connect your credit cards and loans, all of them. You can now make all of your payments in one place for all your credit cards and loans. You can also make sure there are no unexpected transactions on your card. But that's not all. You can also use Empathize to figure out which credit cards to pay off first. You can see the interest rate on every credit card and know when you'll have to eat, have each card paid off. You'll even know the exact date you'll be 100% debt-free. Empathize.com is not a loan. It's a tool that puts you in the driver's seat of your money by letting you manage all your credit cards and loans in one place. It's great. I just started with it since they came to me. So much easier because I have one, two, three. I have six credit cards, and I had to go to six different websites to pay them every month. Not anymore. To get started, go to empathize.com slash Steve to give it a try. It's 100% free to get started. Just go to empathize.com slash Steve. Also, let's talk about hydrant. How much water should you drink each day? 10 cups, a gallon? Good news is it doesn't have to be so complicated anymore. That's why I start my day now with hydrant. Hydrant helps you hydrate faster. It's created a refreshing electrolyte powder. You mix directly into water to more efficiently and effectively hydrate your body. It hydrates you quickly, keeps you going for longer. Each rapid hydration mix has four essential electrolytes for your body needs, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc, and it packs a punch to help your body hydrate fast and stay hydrated. If you're looking for that extra boost of energy, there's also Hydrant Plus Caffeine, which contains 100 milligrams of caffeine from green tea, and Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by an Oxford scientist. It's also loved by pro athletes, top performers, celebrities, and has thousands of five-star views. It's made with real fruit juice powder. It's delicious and refreshing. Comes in a variety of flavors, including new summer-friendly iced tea lemonade and fruit punch. I, I can't, They're 1A and 1B to me, iced tea, lemonade, and fruit punch. I mean, I, I can't pick which one is better. They're both great. Plus, it's backed by 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love it, send it back for a full refund. You really need to try it for yourself to see what I'm talking about. It tastes incredible, and it works. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. Save even more with a monthly subscription. We've got a special deal for our listeners to save 25% off your first order. Go to drinkhydrant.com slash Steve or enter our promo code Steve at checkout. That's D-R-I-N-K-H-Y-D-R-A-N-T dot com slash Steve and enter promo code Steve for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com slash Steve and enter promo code Steve to save 25%. We thank them for sponsoring this podcast. The other one that a lot of people is one of the polarizing figures of this season is McKenzie. 
and their her first fight with Con, I mean, they seem to be another couple that I guess maybe people liked, and their first issue started when Connor had a three way kiss during one of the competitions or one of the one of the challenges and stuff like that, and it wasn't. And you know, I when I watched it, I was like. He could have easily made out with the other two. He exactly. barely kissed them. And I think even, I think you gave the quote of the season so far when you said, how can you be mad at that guy? Look at his beard. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right, man. Like, I, I cannot believe, like, Mackenzie was definitely the definition of overreacting. Connor literally did everything that a girl could ask for in those situations. He always put her first and he always... Like, if there were so many opportunities for Connor to, like, kiss other girls, especially in challenges and games, but he would do, like, a small pick on her cheek, or he would have, if, if he had the option to kiss Mackenzie instead, he would do it. But, like, when he's, like, that's what we're there for. We're there to have fun, and we're there to, like, explore. And, like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, especially during COVID, we're in a bubble. And he literally always put Mackenzie first. Sometimes we would tell him like to put himself first, but he still always put Mackenzie first. And that's what I thought they were in a relationship already inside of the villa. And that's why I was kind of shook when Mackenzie chose Jalen. And I thought for I thought for sure after they made it past uh, Lauren trying to mess up their relationship that they would make it to the end. Yeah. So I was kind of shocked that they didn't. But Connor is a good guy. He's a good guy. Maybe a little soft, but that's just how he is. You know, not everybody is hard down to the core, but yeah, he's a good guy. And for those that didn't watch the episode, it wasn't like he chose to hook up with two girls uh, on his own. This was something that was like basically you're told to do it because you picked up a card or whatever it was. Exactly. Whatever it was a part was. of a game. It was a part of a game. Yeah, it was part of a game. Kiss two girls. And he barely he didn't use any tongue. Just yeah, if it was me, I would have kissed them both on the lips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and that was and that was the thing with you is I think in your intro video you're like I'm single. I'm here. I'm I'm here to play. Like I, I've exactly. been no, I've been known as a player. That's me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you were there probably for different reasons than maybe some other some others were. But when I saw that with Connor and then Mackenzie got to the point that she did. That started laying the groundwork for, okay, he's either not going to be able to deal with this or she's not going to be able to deal with him and she's going to move on because mm-hmm. she seems to overreact to a lot of things. She's probably been, yes. uh, of the time that she was there, she probably cried the most out of anybody um, oh, yeah. o- over things that I, you know, I mean, people can cry however they want, but it seemed like Mackenzie, but look, I get it. You're, you're in a situation that's not normal and whatnot and... You know, she just she was super emotional and, uh, you know, probably has to do with, you know, the enclosed setting, drinking and stuff like that. But, yeah, she cried a lot on that show. Um, But (laughs) after that second recoupling where you, um, Justine, you had you had chosen Justine at the first recoupling, Um, the second recoupling, Justine chose you. But then they bring Lauren in from the UK and Mm -hmm. she goes on three dates with Connor Carrington and Johnny. And that's again another reason for Mackenzie to flip out um, because Connor <laughs> went on a date with Lauren. That wasn't in his control. Yeah, but. again, that was Lauren's choice to choose. She had three guys that she wanted to choose. When Lauren came in, you know what? I want to back up to the very first day when you walked in and the, girl, the girls had to the the five girls that were originally initially OG cast: Caitlin, Moira, mm-hmm. 
Sally, Justine, and McKenzie. When you saw them and walked out, who struck your eye immediately? Who was the first one? Who did you think was most attractive? I would have to say Caitlin. Caitlin or Sally. Okay. Um, so when Lauren comes in, that's the first – well, actually, Rachel and Kirsten came in after uh, – they were the first two girl, two women in. Yes, and then I would say, yeah, if, if you include Rachel – if you include Rachel and Kirsten, then I would put them as my top two. Which one? Rachel and Kirsten. I will put them in my top two if you include them. Okay. Yeah. Um, you and I are on the same wavelength on that one. Um, I think – I mean, I – I think Kirsten's the hottest girl in the house. That's just me. Um, house, whatever you want to call it. I, I think I, she's the best-looking girl on yes. the show. Um, yes. I also looked at her Instagram. So there's also... Very <laughs> uh, nice. Very and nice. then, so when Lauren came in, what did you think of Lauren? Because Lauren, the way the show made it seem, was every guy was, you know, drooling over her. Um, Good-looking wow. girl, for sure. The accent was great. Um, what did you think of Lauren when she came in? So there's, it's not a secret that when Lauren came in, she definitely turned all of our all of the guys' heads, yeah. and we definitely made all the girls feel threatened. As she should. Lauren was probably the most complete girl on the show. Her body was ridiculous. I agree with you though. Um, Kirsten was the most attractive girl in the villa, but Lauren had the most. She had the the, the best body. Okay. And Lauren, she had the she had that that attitude to her. She knew what she was doing and. Yeah, that's that's what made her. Uh, I said I, I quoted the hottest girl in the village, but I mean I have my eyes set for uh, Kirsten. She's she's the most attractive. Yeah, but like, Lauren's aura was made her the hottest. I feel like. I've I've heard something, and I don't even know. I think maybe someone might have emailed this to me, or someone tweeted it at me, and maybe this isn't even true, or maybe you've never even heard of it. Have you heard anything to the effect of? Lauren has met somebody post show, and he and she met him at the airport. Like he found her at the airport, or something Man, like that. Listen, <laughs> I just, I, I just think it's a little coincidental that you know that she just meets this guy right after she leaves the villa. He picks her up from the airport, then they start going on trips and and having cute dates, and they're posting each other on social media. I just think oh, it's okay. kind of convenient, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where where did he come from? Was it before? Was it after? I don't know. Okay, I mean, that's not my business, but it, it just looks kind of off a little bit. Okay, yeah. See, I have not looked at her Instagram, so I had no. I, that, so obviously, that was true. That what was what was sent to me, but I have I have not looked. I didn't realize they were taking trips, and this is actually a, a thing. And she's got a guy. Yeah, I seen something on TMZ. Uh, it popped up on TMZ or something like that. Huge. And she has no problem reposting it though. So okay, I guess she wants it out. She wants it out. Um, so after Lauren came in, they had a car wash challenge, which was really mm. nothing other than we just want to see girls in, in wet t-shirts and who they kiss because there was no point to the challenge. There was, there was nothing challenging about it. And, and that's the thing. I mean, I've, I've talked about this briefly on my past podcast about my issue with the show. I just think the challenges should mean something like you get something from it. It's just, you know, the baggage one was basically just a way to someone for people to talk about their past sex life. Um, just you can't win. Any, like, it's like, hey, maybe if the guys win, they get um, they get better food or something. Just some sort of advantage in this show. And it's really the challenges are kind of dumb. But 
There were a couple recently that since you've left that were actually pretty good, I thought. So maybe they're improving. But the car wash challenge established the fact that, well, maybe it didn't establish the fact because you seem to be taken a little bit aback by it because Justine ended up making out with Caleb. She went and kissed him. And before that, it seemed like you guys had talked and Justine thought you guys were better off as friends, but you weren't clear on that. Explain exactly what went down there. So, all right, I, 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 I've addressed this before. Uh, me and me and Justine, it's clear. It was obvious that she wasn't my first choice. I wasn't her first choice. And we ended up talking more, and we ended up connecting. And we were friends. But I agreed to, you know, try and put myself out there and open up to her a little bit to see where things went. Um, it's not a secret that both of our heads – could have been turned at any time, but we agreed to be 100% authentic with each other and transparent and just let each other know. So neither one of us gets blindsided like Rachel did, um, where she ended up going home. So like it was, it was, it's, it was clear and evident that we were allowed to explore our option, but we were just supposed to tell each other like when we were doing that. So as you know, like I picked her during the recoupling. She picked me during the recoupling after Caleb had already came. I already know yeah. that Caleb had, her and Caleb only had a couple of conversations. And then she assured me like there was nothing to worry about. And then she picked me. So I thought everything was cool. Um, I didn't know that she still had the intentions of pursuing him. Um, I, she didn't make that clear to me. And that's why like, kind of made me feel some kind of way. I didn't, I wouldn't have cared if she would have told me like, Hey, like I want to pursue uh, Caleb because like, I mean, I was trying to work things with Justine, but I know that if I wouldn't, if I would have went to Casa more, my head would have definitely been turned. Yeah. So I, I couldn't be mad at her first when her options, when me and her weren't a set in stone couple, like maybe Johnny and Sully were, um, or Connor and Mackenzie, things like that. We were just trying and seeing where things would go. Would go, so yeah, it just it definitely just caught me off guard because I wasn't expecting it. Neither was Rachel, and that's why we were a little bit. I don't even think Caleb was expecting it, so it just caught me off guard. And then her explanation for it afterwards just had me in disgust, and, and so I just <laughs> I just ran off with it like that. Yeah, um, and that next recoupling, it basically came down to you and Caleb. Everyone else, all the other couples, stayed the same. Moira and Calvin and Kirsten and Carrington, Johnny and Sally, Mackenzie and Connor. Then it came down to you and Caleb. And basically you and Caleb were choosing between three girls, Lauren, Rachel, and Justine. You end up choosing Lauren. Caleb ends up choosing Justine and Rachel gets sent home. So now at least I thought you were feeling Lauren. And then right after that, (laughs) there's talk between you and I believe Carrington because Carrington and Kirsten had just decided, you know what? I think they they had on a horseback ride date, and they had pretty much decided we're just kind of friends here. We're not a couple. Yeah. So and you moved in because so, you told Carrington, like, "Hey, I'm not really feeling Lauren. I'm kind of interested in Kirsten. I want to go that yes. route." So Carrington was my best friend in the house. I told him everything. He told me everything. So we were real cool, and we we actually had a discussion. So this is the plan. And I don't think I don't know if people know about this. So this is the plan. Well, actually, before I even go into that, I'll say that my decision for picking Lauren 
was based on the decisions that Carrington made and the decision that I thought um, Caleb would make. So I was hoping that Carrington would choose Lauren so I could choose Kirsten. Mm. Um, but after Carrington chose Kirsten, I had a feeling that Caleb would choose um, Justine, but I wasn't for sure. Had I known that he was going to do that 100%, I probably would have chosen Rachel. Rachel, yeah. Yes. Um, but going back to uh, going back to me and Carrington, so me picking Karen, me picking Lauren was kind of like a, a chess move. So it was a risk, obviously, because me and Lauren, we had barely even talked. And um, uh, but she was obviously attractive. So I wanted to take that risk. I knew it was a risk. Um, it was a risk that me and her wouldn't vibe and connect. But me, I wanted Lauren to pursue Carrington and I encouraged him to do the same so I could pursue Kirsten. Gotcha. Okay. Now, it's interesting that you say that when you said, I'm kind of surprised, or maybe you didn't know that Kayla was going to choose Justine over Rachel. You said, if he would have, if I, you said, if I would have known he was choosing Justine, I would have chosen Rachel. My question is, before going into your recouplings, you guys are all hanging out, you're all talking. Did you guys not know, or did they, did production not allow you, the guys, to tell the other guys who they were going to pick? Yeah, we never know exactly who somebody's going to choose oh, okay. until they actually choose them. I mean, people can say anything. I could have went out every time saying I'm going to choose Sully, but that's not the case. You know, it's like people, people they may hide their they may they may hide their their real intentions. You know, uh, so yeah, it's not. I will. I would just say that everybody wasn't always honest. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Okay. Now. I guess the plan was in motion because Carrington and Kirsten had both decided, hey, we're just friends. You had basically brought it up like, hey, why don't you go pursue Lauren? And I'm interested in Kirsten. And that seemed to be where things were going to be headed. Unfortunately, the bomb that dropped was, hey, everybody, America's voted for the top three couples. They, They are Johnny and Sally, Caleb and Justine. And Calvin and Moira, I don't know how America voted for them when they had literally just gotten together. And if you watch back the episodes, I don't think it even kissed. They weren't. They certainly. I was shocked. I was shocked they were in the top three at that point. I was shocked too. I I thought that it would come down to me and Calvin being the two guys that were chosen. I mean that that had to be chosen from. Then I would have felt a little bit more confident. Yeah, and like I don't even think people. I didn't since I didn't watch. I didn't watch this exact episode, but I don't know if they show. Um, Carrington was dancing with Lauren. I was dancing with Kirsten, and like then Kirsten was my partner for some of the games that night too. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, the plan was definitely in motion um, to make it happen, yeah. or at least make the effort to see where it went. Um, but yeah, I was definitely through for a loop when Ariel came out. And, uh, they said that. Yeah, and that's the thing because if Calvin and Moira are thrown into the, because basically by by announcing America's voted for their top three couples and those were the top three: John and Sally, Caleb, Justine, and Calvin and Moira. That left Carrington, Kirsten, you, and Lauren as the people up for elimination. It would have been, like you said, it would have been a lot easier for you, and you probably would have stayed if Calvin and Moira weren't voted top three. 
and they mm-hmm. were now choosing between Calvin and Moira and Trey and Lauren to go home. Mm-hmm. I think I think it would have been you and Moira that stayed. Um, so that hurt. So and so what happens is they end up obviously picking Kirsten and Carrington to stay. Going into that, did you think you had a chance, or were you like they're pick, they're picking Carrington? After after I seen who was voting, if I feel like if the guys would have had to choose, it probably would have been a little bit of a tougher. I probably would have had a better chance of staying. It's not a guarantee that I would have because they were cool, both of us. But after I realized that the girls were choosing which guy had to go home, I already knew I was going home. Just because I knew Sally and Justine were going to vote against me, yeah. Um, especially after the past recoupling. So I, I just knew it wasn't in my favor and Carrington was cool with all of them. So it, I knew it wasn't going to work in my favor. So is there, I mean, you get, you get eliminated, obviously you're home, but you're back in, you're in Florida, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So you get back home, you've watched some of the episodes, you've watched some of it back. Um, have you, well, let me just ask this. Where, where is, where is your head at with, are you pissed at anybody? Am I pissed at anybody? Yeah. Uh, honestly, no. Okay. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not pissed at anybody. Um, at the end of the day, yeah, like they may be able to influence people's decisions, but at the end of the day, these people are saying what they want to say and they're doing what they want to do. Um, and I got to witness all of that firsthand. I know who's acting and I know who's for real. Um, so, like, I I'm not mad or upset about anything, to be honest. Okay. Because I, yeah, I knew I was me, and that's all I could be. Yeah, and I'm because that's where I think I'm really interested in. Obviously, you lived with these people 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we're seeing mm-hmm. one hour of that condensed, sometimes two. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, like, man, uh, is what we're seeing what they were really like? Like, are Johnny and Sally really America's couple, or is Johnny – uh, a bit of a player because of what he did with um, Mercedes at Casa Moore and was, you know, I mean, he he definitely held back on what he told Sally would happen because he was all over yeah. Mercedes. Come on. So this is what I'll, <laughs> this is what I'll say about this. Yeah. Johnny, Johnny and Sally are perfect for each other. I don't think that they're a perfect couple, but they're perfect for each other because only Johnny can handle everything that Sally is and how she acts. And I guess apparently after Casa de Amor that only Sally could take Johnny back and handle everything that he does. But I will say like, and uh, I don't want this to come off as the way, like I hate Johnny or anything like that, but Johnny is a great actor. And after the show, he deserves an Oscar or some role in a movie or something like that. <laughs> Man, he might fool all of y'all, but he never fooled me. And I told them, I told this to his face, and I always will. Yeah, we were cool, but I'll always tell him he's a great actor and he deserves an Oscar after this. Because that performance is amazing. Wait, wait. I'm talking like Denzel Washington performed this. Okay, wait, wait, wait a second. What exactly are we talking about with Johnny's acting? That he's, do you not think he's into Sally at all and he's just keeping her around so he can stay on the show long? Or what exactly is he acting about? Johnny wants to win. Oh, okay. That's what he is. He wants to win. And he knows that Sally's not going to leave him. He just has to keep Sally happy, and he can carry her on out until the end. Sally's—I don't see Sally seems like a loyal girl, so I don't see her head turning 
no matter what. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do I think that they'll work on the outside? Absolutely not. So you know, Johnny's he's cruising. He knew he'll be able to get away with that stuff and cost him more. That's why he did it. Sally <laughs> took him back, just like she just like yeah, it's, it's, he knew he'd be able to get away with it. Yeah. That's interesting. Um I didn't uh I mean obviously we know and based on last year, did they actually did they tell you guys before filming started this is how the show is going to end or they've just left it as like you just need to wait till the end and see what happens. Yeah, we never know what's going to happen. Okay. So never. Everything, is, everything is just unpredicted. So for those that didn't watch the end of last season, what was it? America voted for the the fi- the the best couple, I think was what it was. Mm-hmm. And then that couple had to determine the money situation of do we keep it? Uh do, does one person run off with it, uh, or do we share it and leave as a couple? And the and last couple ended up you know, splitting it. So we're all assuming as viewers that's the way the show is going to end this year, that America will vote on their favorite couple, and then that couple will determine the the prize money at the end of this thing. I don't know if it's 100000 or 200000 whatever. If if it's Johnny and Selly, <laughs> put it this way. After what, you, after what you just told me, if it's Johnny and Selly, Johnny's going to take the money and leave her high and dry. There's got listen. <laughs> we definitely nobody knows, this, but we definitely joked about keeping all of the money. Yeah, but like I don't know if he has the I don't know if he has the balls to do it, but I wouldn't be shocked if he did it because we literally joked about it like multiple times. Like if he picked the envelope with all the money in it, yeah, he would start saying, "I did it, I did it, I did it," oh. and then like I got you all. <laughs> I could, but like I don't, I don't believe. Like, yeah, I don't think anybody's ever kept all the money. So I don't know if he would be the first. Um, so I don't I don't know. Yeah, because that's really what it know. is. Isn't it? Isn't it? They choose America chooses the final couple and then they give. Let's just say it's Johnny and Sally and then they'll give Johnny an envelope and they'll give Sally an envelope or they, they choose an envelope. Each one chooses one and all of the money, all of the winnings are in one of the envelopes and they don't know which one it is. And then whoever gets that money has to then determine do I split it with my partner or do I keep it? That's basically how it ends, right? Yeah, I would say, yeah. And I would say if Sally was to pick the envelope with the money, oh, she there's, split a zero, it. there's a 0% chance that she would keep it all. She yeah. split it. Yeah. But if Johnny was to get the envelope, <laughs> it's, I, you can't say that it's a 0% chance that he'll split, uh, he'll, that uh, <laughs> he won't keep it all. You can't say that because there is a chance. I don't know how big it is, but there yeah. is a chance that he could. What, I don't if, know. what if the final couple, which I think is a possibility, America's favorite couple is Caleb and Justine. I don't see either of them taking the money themselves. No, I don't see either of them keep. I don't see either of them keeping all the money. They're they're they seem like a power couple. I was wrong about Caleb. Um, I definitely thought that when Casa Moore came, his head would turn. But after they made it through there, they seem like they got even stronger. So I feel like they're I feel like they're the front runner right now, and I think they'll win. And I don't see either one of them keeping all the money. Yeah. No, I, I think if you look at the couples right now, I just I don't think Carrington and Laurel are going to be voted America's favorite couple. Uh, Kirsten just went to this Bennett guy who's one of the new guys that got brought in. Um, Moira has been with every guy there, so she's not going to get voted <laughs> as a winner. Um, I, I just, yeah, it, I think this is – 
you know, I think there's what two weeks left. I don't even know how much is left. I, I don't know this. When yeah, it's not much time left. I think they might be in the last week. To be honest. Okay, they might be in the last oh, week yeah. now. Okay, I, I really think this is a Johnny Selly Justine Caleb final showdown. I mean, that's what it's gonna come down to. I guess we'll never know. Do they? Oh, I think they do do it in order of voted on by the the fans. I think they do say okay, the fifth couple finishing in fifth place, couple finishing in fourth place, and so on. I think they do mm-hmm. do that. Um. Yeah, I think this is a first and second place of Johnny Selly, Justine, Caleb, and it's just a matter of who goes who goes where. But um, yeah, that will be interesting. I don't see, like you said, I don't see Justine and Caleb taking the money for themselves. Selly definitely will split it. But yeah, Johnny. Okay, now that you say that, it uh, it's certainly interesting. Um, so I, I I got a I got a couple questions for you because. Casa Moore happened, and you know we just as of Monday's episode, we have two new women coming in, Lakin and and Julia. And at this point, the couples are um, Johnny Selly, Caleb Justine, Carrington Laurel, Bennett Kirsten, Calvin Moira. But Moira doesn't even like Calvin. Again, she wants this. She wants the Bennett guy that Kirsten's into. So who knows what's going to happen with that? Um, Noah disappeared because he's in porn. See that story? <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. And look, I want to make I want to make it clear that that is not CBS's fault. That is not Love Island's fault. They asked very, very detailed, specific questions when you're going through the whole casting process. Yeah, and that is one of them. So that means if that came out, that means that process. So that is not Love Island's fault. I'm not saying that what he did was wrong. I mean, because he's allowed to have his own preference, but he lied, so he left himself subject to elimination, and that's what happened, I guess. No, I okay. totally agree. We got we got that uh, we got your audio cleared there. Um, it's funny because when I when I heard about this story about Noah, and for those that don't know, they brought three guys on recently: Bennett, Benny, and Noah. Again, two guys. I mean, they, they, not only not only two guys with the first first letter, the same fucking name: Benny and Bennett. I mean, can we? Can we <laughs> yeah, that definitely threw me off too. That was crazy. <laughs> So, um, so we've got Benny Bennett and Noah and Noah comes on and he didn't really do much. They didn't really give him a lot of camera time. And then all of a sudden on Sunday's episode, I watched it. I'm like, I don't remember seeing Noah. And then yesterday morning, Monday morning, this story breaks that Noah was in, uh, was a porn star and gay porn at that. So he, so I was asking, you know, and somebody that, you know, that watched it was just like, how could they possibly not know that? I'm saying, you know what? There's no way they would know that unless somebody in casting is a aficionado of gay porn, because clearly this Noah guy, Noah Purvis is his name, his real name. He's not using Noah Purvis in his, that wasn't his porn name. So you would, oh, yeah, you would have sure. no reason. CBS would have no reason to be like, "Oh yeah, no, we, we did a background check." Because if you do a background check on Noah Purvis, I don't think that would show up, of you know that he was in porn because he doesn't use that as his porn name. So he's the idiot for thinking that nobody that does watch gay porn would tip somebody off and say, "Oh, I've seen that guy before." Like he's yeah, in porn. Right. Him. I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying anything that he did was wrong. He's allowed yeah. to have it. He's allowed to do whatever he wants. You know, that's his preference, and he's allowed to do that. And 
But his the only his only problem was that he lied about it, and yeah, that's what got him kicked off. Just can't lie about it. If I lied about being a serial killer or having felonies, and I'd kicked off if they found out about that too. Yeah, so. no, without a doubt. Um, I've got some questions for you to answer about the women. Just some general questions about like who's the most this or most that. So if just running down the women that you only dealt with, um. Mm-hmm. We already know that the hottest you think is Kirsten. Um, mm-hmm. Who do you think was the most superficial? Ooh. Uh, most superficial. Mm, it's a little bit broad. I mean, give me a little bit more details on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> who who was just all about um, really just looks and didn't care to maybe know a lot of the guys and just kept everything like. I don't know, or maybe maybe best better way to ask it would be who was, who was the most phony? Oh shit! <laughs> who was the most phony? Uh, that's a tough question. Everybody, every girl there had their reason for being there. Yeah. Um, I would say that the toughest to crack were probably, um, Caitlyn and Lauren. Okay. Um, who was the most real? The most real? Yeah. I would have to say Rachel hmm. or Kirsten. Okay. Uh, I can't remember how many you kissed, but who, so who, yeah, I, there might have been there might have been a game of kissing where you guys did swap. I thought there was one early on. Who was the best and who was the worst kisser? <laughs> so I've kissed outside of challenges. I've kissed two girls, but including games and challenges, I've kissed like five or six. The okay. best kisser, hands down by far, is Caitlyn. Huh. Caitlyn had nice lips. She was a really good kisser. And you didn't keep her. <laughs> you could have kept her. I know. It's a lot more. It's a lot more to it. I know. Than being able to kiss. So I did. I did want to, but Justine. Justine. She. She got me. Okay. Uh, and who was worst or not up to par, kissing wise? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, that's a tough one. Uh, I guess maybe. Damn. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna just say Moira, just because our kiss was the shortest. Okay. It was in the game, so yeah, I guess Moira. Who of the women is the least likely there for love, and just probably trying to gain Instagram followers? Mm, I see who's left. So we got Sally, we got Justine, we got Kirsten, Kirsten. and wow, well, that's the only ones that they're oh, oh and, Moira and, and Moira. So those those four are the only ones that were. Uh, yeah, Rachel's gone. Um, Lauren's gone. Damn. Yeah. Uh, see, and that's tough because I def I, I believe that all all four of those girls. I believe that all those girls are there to actually find somebody for them. Hmm. Okay. No, that's fine. I didn't I didn't know. Here here's a question that I know everybody has. I know I had it. I have it. I've texted my friends about it. And I've just been like maybe it's because this is the US version and we can't get as raunchy. But <laughs> when is the sex happening on this show? You can't has nobody had sex? They haven't even hinted at it. So Nobody that I, not that I know of for sure, has had sex. You got to keep in mind, like, we're 
the cameras are on yeah. everywhere you go. You can't escape it, and we're all sleeping next to each other. So it'll be kind of like it'll be kind of like uh, you know awkward if you just sleeping in that three a.m. You hear a bunch of noise, and you look over and you see fucking Connor McKenzie just going all in. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, but I feel like if anybody came close to it, it would be Connor McKenzie. I don't think when don't think when they had their probably, overnight when they had their little overnight thing. Yeah, or one of the nights when everybody was sleeping and they just kept it on us. But I don't think they actually did any. I don't think they actually went all the way, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did something. Okay. Now, you've seen – that was the other thing I wanted to talk about because you, you've you seen what Mackenzie posted last night on Instagram, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Connor got eliminated on Monday night, and they show him FaceTiming Mackenzie, and basically they decided over the phone that – they're going to try things post show, but oh my goodness, man! During the oh. show, during the show, all the guys kept telling Connor, "I'm not going to allow you to go back to her." So, man. I, I mean, they're going to try. It probably is going to fizzle. But why was why were the guys so adamant on Connor? You better not go back to her. Because man, Connor's at the end of the day he's a grown man so he's gonna do whatever he wants to do but man like at some point in time you just gotta grow a pair and put your foot down man connor's a good looking guy he's cool he's genuine he's a nice guy i just feel like maybe sometimes uh, mckenzie takes advantage of it a little bit but i mean that's just my opinion and i know they don't give a fuck about my opinion um but i i just think that man he 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 deserves somebody that understands him better and is willing to work with him better because a lot of the time she put him in some uncomfortable situations and yeah, I I, I can't believe it. And, and after she chose Jalen over him too, yeah. and he was still going back to her, that's just, man, all I can say is couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. <laughs> I, I'm just, they don't seem like a match at all. And I have a feeling yeah. that just, I mean, look, I don't know anything about her. I mean, I've I've checked out her Instagram page, and that's how she comes across to me, that she did this to be on TV, to gain Instagram followers. And then I think even in her intro video, she made a comment about, well, I only date millionaires or something like that. That is true. She did say that. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, and I've, and I've heard through the grapevine that she only dates athletes. So, I don't know. I have no idea if that's true. It's what I was told. I heard that too. Okay. I did hear that too. Okay, so so we can kind of, that's why I say I can kind of see Connor is like 180 degrees opposite of all that. It just doesn't that's seem true. like they would they're going to mesh outside of this show and I think they just because of the confinement of the like perfect example. If Connor and McKenzie didn't know each other and were out at the same bar together, I don't think they would leave together. But within the so. Yeah, within this show, it's like she became really attracted to him. They spent, you know, every living, breathing moment together for the first week or so. So she develops these feelings that you would would not normally if you just met somebody out at a bar or at dinner one night. So that's where I see it going. I think this is they're going to try it. They're going to, you know, whatever happens. I don't even know where Connor lives. Where does he live? Is he L.A.? Pittsburgh. Oh, he's in Pittsburgh. Okay. And she's in Arizona. I mean, yeah, I don't. This ain't happening. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's – uh Moving on. Um, but uh, I, I, I wanted to bring this up, and uh, I, this is a, a, of, a more, of a more serious note because when I did, you know, Google your name and because and, I just want to know a little bit more about your background and stuff, there, um, there were articles that came out once you were established to be a contestant on the show. 
um, of some tweets that you sent out back in 2014, six years ago, um, mm-hmm. that probably you, you wish you would never said. Um, but um, for those that don't know, it was just somebody had tweeted out, um, how would black guys feel if black chicks went to all the white boys? And you responded, we wouldn't care because we don't want them. And then you had mm-hmm. said, I want my future kids to be mixed with something else. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I just explain what you were thinking when you when you wrote that. So I was in I was in high school when I tweeted that. Yeah. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. yeah, I was just graduating high school. Um, I'm not going to make any excuse. Like it was it was a joke that just wasn't funny. Yeah. And it was stupid. Like I was just I was immature. And the the way I see it is there's nothing that I could say that is going to get everybody to believe that what I'm saying is sincere or genuine. Um, so everybody can take this and run with it for the, the big one. I'm going to just, I'll say what I said in my interview with CBS and Love Island when they asked me what my preference is. My preference is any, any kind of girl that's attractive. That can be black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Latino, whatever. Um, and that's, that's what I like. And uh, people can change in a day. So imagine how much somebody can change in seven years yeah. or six years or whatever it is. Yeah. So if all the perfect people in the world want to judge me for something that I said seven years ago when I was in high school, then so be it. I'll live with it. I'm not saying that what I said was right because it was horrible, it was disgusting, and ignorant. That's what I'll say. I was ignorant. Yeah. I was ignorant when I said that. And over years, I became educated. And that's something that I would never say again. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, ignorant people get educated. Now, if everybody that wants to keep on riding on the wave and saying this, oh, he's a colored, blah, 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 he doesn't like black women, that's not true. I never said anything negative about black women. I just said I didn't want it. It was a preference at the time. Yeah. And things change. People change. I change. You know, I love my black queens. I love all kinds of girls. I love attractive girls. It doesn't matter what color they are. So that's what I'll say on that. And if if people feel like they're so perfect and they've never made mistakes, I would like to go back on to their life seven years ago and see what kind of mistakes that they've made or things that they've said behind closed doors um, that didn't get out publicly. And I would like to see if they're still perfect and if they're still in a position where they can judge somebody. Um, But I'm not going to make any excuse for it because it was wrong and I'm not happy that I said it, but I can't go back and delete it. It's already out. So all I can do is say that it was ignorant and I wish I never said it, but my views have changed since then. No, I I appreciate you uh, addressing it and allowing me to to ask you about it. And my thing was when I, when I read it, the first one actually was, you said 2013, the second one where you said, I want my future kids to be mixed with something else was 2014 Mm -hmm. still six, seven years ago. I was just curious now that you say you said that in high school, was that a preference in high school? Did you were you more attracted to white women in high school? Actually, no. Uh, up until up actually, until you know what? School. I take that back. You didn't say white women. You just said not black. The, the question was posed: How would black guys feel if black chicks went to all the white boys? And you said we wouldn't care because we don't want them. So that's not even saying you only liked white girls. It was I'm just not into black girls. Was that the that, thing back then for you? Uh, not even necessarily because my first girlfriend in high school was black. Then I okay. dated mixed girls, and that's just how that was. So okay. I mean, yeah. 
Okay, I was just wondering why. Why I thought I was thinking like, why did he say it then? Maybe he only dated non-black girls. That's why he said. And, and everybody who knows me knows how I am, so I don't care what people think or how they think. Because at the end of the day, the only people I truly care about my family and those people close to me. Those are the only people's opinions that I care about. To be honest with you. Yeah. And maybe I, I might dig in my bag of fucks to give, <laughs> and about for every what everybody else thinks, and I may pull out absolutely nothing. Because I just don't care, you know. People at the end of the day, people are, not everybody is gonna like you, and I know that not everybody is gonna like me. I'm not a people pleaser. I'm not gonna try and please everybody. I know, I know a lot of people will like me, and then no matter what I do, there's always gonna be some people who wake up just looking for something to debate about Trey. So they had to go seven years back and find something when I was a childish ass boy. Yeah. So no, that's the thing. I mean, I think if you if you say that tweet in 2020. It's a yeah, lot. It's a lot easier to get down your throat for it. Like dude, that, that's ignorant. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's yeah. just, you know, I, I, I get it. Um, you and you and you own up to it. I shouldn't. You know, you're not, you're not trying to justify it. You're not trying to stand by it. You're just like, look, I was an idiot. I mean, I was, yeah. I was immature. I was in high school and I said stupid shit and yeah. I, I shouldn't have said it. Um, but after high school, you went to college and you went to Ohio State. <laughs> And you uh, like that transition there. Uh, you played a little football uh, at Ohio State. You were on the you were on the team there and played under Urban Meyer. Um, yes, I'm just curious. I'm a, I'm a huge college football fan. It's my favorite sport. So I um, I mean, obviously, when you, I think I don't know if you were still in Love Island or you were still in Vegas or maybe it was right after you got back when the Big Ten decided we are going to play this season. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, obviously, you're happy. Um, afterwards. Yes, I'm happy, man. My Buckeyes, man, the Ohio State University. The, uh, the Ohio State. Uh, if we have any Michigan people listening, I'm sure you've hung up by now. Um, <laughs> uh, but, so, just out of curiosity, if you were playing, if you were playing right now, if you were a senior in college, junior in college, senior in college, still at Ohio State, and this all came down, um, and you see the SEC playing, the Big 12 playing, the ACC playing, Sunbelt, you see these conferences playing, but Big 10 and Pac-12 say in August, sorry, no no dice, oh, maybe, not till, maybe not till the spring. Um, and, yeah, then you, yeah. and then you get this news that we are going to start, we're going to start in October, we're going to have an eight-game season, we're going to have a Big 10 championship, it'll give us a chance uh, for the college football playoff. Um I mean, just talk about it as an athlete, because I don't think people truly understand that how heartbreaking it must have been for the players in the Big Ten and Pac-12 or any conference yeah, that decided to man. cancel versus because now coming back. I don't think people realize exactly how much effort and work goes into everybody that's associated with a sports program. So much grind. And it's not just during the football season. It's after the football season too, before the football season, all the work, all the practices, all the film work, the workouts, everything that they put into it all year long. And then to find out that you may not have a season is just devastating. And then you got those seniors that's trying to put some film together so they can go to the draft. And it's, that would be devastating. So it probably feels like to them that they just won the national championship. Yeah. Even though they're on the grind to go win it, they're, they're feeling really, really good. And I, I'm so happy for them because I know, I mean, at the end of the day, you want your hard work to pay off. So I know they're, they're very excited. 
Was Coach Day an assistant when you were there? Was he still there yet? Yeah, he, brought on? Yeah, he was. Coach Day is so cool, man. You like him? <laughs> yeah, I like Coach Day. Um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously with the times that we're in, you know, I, you know, some people say the the athletes are getting exploited because there are some campuses that don't even have students on campus, but yet, hey, football players, you go put yourself at risk and you go practice every day and, and whatnot. But they are, I don't, the people that I think are saying that aren't understanding the testing that they are putting college exactly. football players uh, through. Probably, yeah. probably as strict as it was for you on Love Island. They're, I mean, I guarantee yeah, exactly. they're getting tested at least every other day, maybe every yeah, because, third. Yeah, yeah, I realize how much revenue football, the football programs bring into universities. So, I mean, it's bound for them to have those resources to keep on getting tested. And it's not, it's just a sample. It's like a hundred guys. Yeah. It's not like a, a whole university that would have to go through the testing. So it's a, it's a little bit easier to test a, a team versus testing the whole like student population. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people lose sight of the fact that, you know, obviously we know college sports is a big business, but you, you almost have to break it down even further than that because the only two sports you talk to anybody any athletic director off record would say that the only two sports that our school is making money off of is college football and college basketball. College football and college basketball pay for every other sport at every other college. They pay for your softball team they, because those softball teams don't have a giant television deal with ESPN and mm-hmm. CBS and Fox and the rowing team and the, the archery team and the soccer team and even college baseball is not a big money-making sport. Um Everything in college sports is made by what the college football program and what the college basketball program brings in. Period. End of story. And it's not. It's not even debatable. And any. Yeah, and that's not to take away any. Yeah, it's not to take away from those sports. They just are not watched by millions and haven't yeah. signed giant contracts with television networks to bring in the money. So um, there's a reason why there is a fight. To you might say like if you're not a college football fan, you're like, oh my god, that's ridiculous that. We have to stay home, and restaurants aren't open, but they get to play football. It's like it goes so much deeper than yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You know, I just – people don't get it. But, I mean, I am happy um, <clears throat> the Big Ten is back. I fully expect the Pac-12 is going to follow suit. I I don't see them waiting till because now that the Big Ten is back, what's the Pac-12 going to do? Play each other in January and February and just, okay, <laughs> we play, play against each other for eight or nine games. We'll declare a winner and – we have no shot in any sort of playoff. Like, I, I, I got to think they're coming back, too. I, I don't see Yeah, they I think would. so, too. They have to. It's only right. Yeah. I mean, and you keep the Rose Bowl. You know, you keep your Rose Bowl yeah, intact, assuming. Who um, else are the other schools going to beat? What? I said, who else are the other schools going to beat in the playoffs? They got to have at least one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I, mean, I think, <clears throat> you know, the, the two guys from Ohio State that opted out when the Big Ten was canceled are now – I think back in Wade and um, I think there was an offensive lineman that had opted out, but now he's in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's been, I think people are just, I mean, it's, it's nice to see sports on television. Yeah. It's weird. It's going to be weird to see Ohio state play a football game in the shoe with maybe 20,000 people there. You know, it's, yeah, that is it's, crazy. it's certainly going to be weird. And, and just watching the first three weeks of college football, it's been odd to watch, Games with, you know, no fans and piped in crowd noise on the TV screen, but it's back. And at least there, you know, if you watch the games, I don't see a giant difference. Yeah, you've got some two deep rosters that have been beset by COVID and, and there's some games that have been postponed because 
players have contracted the virus or contact tracing has led to them being held out of games. But I think the product itself hasn't really been much different. I think you're going to get, you know, when Ohio State takes the field, they're going to be, uh, I think they play Nebraska first. They'll roll the shit out of them. And then, uh, Oh yeah. <laughs> you already I mean, know. They're I mean, going to be hungry. I know they're going to be hungry this year. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, after what happened last year to, in the Clemson game where, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they've, I'd be shocked if Ohio State's not <clears throat> in the playoff this year. Um, nobody in the Big Ten is beating them, so I, I just they're going nine and zero. I, I don't. I, they'd be really surprised if they don't go nine and zero. And I don't care if you have an eleven win one, you know, Alabama or Georgia. I a nine and zero Ohio State team that rolls through the Big Ten because they are going to play probably one or two games less than someone else. I don't think they're going to be. It's going to be held against them because. They want to see Ohio State. I mean, they're a big, obviously a big name, and they're gonna they're gonna put them in the playoffs. So, assuming you don't step right. up, you know, I think you'll be fine. But um, mm-hmm. when you uh, just one last question, when you were at Ohio State, were you on the were you on the Cardale Jones national championship team? Yes, that was my first season. That was your first season. God, that was your first. That, man, was, that was a legendary <laughs> year. That was a legendary year, man. Well, it was legendary oh, because God. I mean, so. Um, God, who I I remember who the wait who yeah Braxton Miller starting at Braxton Miller started yeah and then yes. he gets hurt in game in the Michigan game no, right he no, got no. hurt he got hurt in he got hurt in um, preseason he got hurt in at practice um, in camp and then um, JT is named the starter JT Bear is named the starter all year that that's right yeah, I'll never forget that day everybody was in, it was a non-contact injury Braxton. And everybody was just it's like somebody had just died. Yeah. Remember, we were all praying and just hoping that Braxton would be okay. We thought that the season was over. And then JT Bear steps in. He's our new leader. He leads us to some victories. We had a hiccup. Then we just got on a roll and we just kept on rolling. Um, then he went down. Cardale Jones steps up and beats Wisconsin, beats the snot out of Wisconsin. Yeah. Then Bama comes rolling in, beat them, and national champion. I feel like Bama was the national championship game because after after we beat Bama, there was no way we even still recording. Yeah, yeah, that was – and that was – wait, that was – was that Zeke's year? Uh, Yeah, Zeke was there. Zeke was that's there. right, that's right, Zeke was there. Yeah, because JT Barrett takes over because when Braxton Miller got hurt, everyone's like, oh, shit, Ohio State not going to be great this year. And that was the one – was that the early season loss to Virginia Tech? Yes, sir. That okay, was it. so that was that one. You roll through the rest of the season. JT Barrett is putting up ridiculous numbers, and then he gets hurt in the Michigan game, and it's like, well, shit. Now we got our third string quarterback, and everyone's like, well, they might have made the yeah. college football playoff, but no way, Cardo. I mean, who is this guy? And then he just, you know, well, he steamrolled Wisconsin fifty nine nothing in the Big Ten championship, and then, um, mm-hmm. then the Alabama game, and then the Oregon national championship. Um, yeah, that had to have been crazy for you guys as as teammates. Like, I mean, was there any? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much you guys see the third string quarterback. How much you saw Cardell uh, play in practice when JT went down? Were you like, I don't know? Uh, it's going to be tough for for Cardell. No, we, knew, we knew Cardell was ready really? after like he he progressed so much during the season that we were confident in Cardell. Now I don't I can't say that we predicted the fifty nine nothing victory, but we definitely believed in Cardell. 
and how much he had grown during the season. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting because, and then the next, and then the next year was your sophomore year, right? And mm-hmm. that was the whole thing of who do we start? Because Cardale holds a press conference and everyone thinks he's going pro because like why would he hold a press conference to say he's coming back? But he did, and he came back, and then it was Cardale and. JT, right? Fighting yeah, it, for, was kinda, it was kind of like the Tua and Jalen Hurts. Tua and Jalen, yeah, Tua and Jalen. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, JT ended up – wait, who ended up winning out? I'm trying to remember. Did they so, – uh, So Cardell started the season, and then JT ended up finishing, I believe. Finishing, that's right. Okay. Yeah, no, that was um, – I mean, I mean, Ohio State, obviously, whether you like them or not, you have to admit – they're a they're a college football power along with Alabama and Clemson. They're it's the it's those three and pretty much everyone else. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see how the season plays out. Again, I'd be shocked if they can't get through an eight game Big Ten schedule uh, and and then win the Big Ten championship against whoever from the other side. I just I've done my research on the Big Ten teams. I just I don't I don't see it. Um, you know, you have – I think the Penn State game is at Penn State this year, but when you have zero fans opposed to 100,000 square yeah. fans <laughs> and white T-shirts, it's like, okay, now it just comes down to roster. And I, <laughs> barring a bunch of turnovers or something crazy happening or Justin Fields getting hurt, I, I just – they should beat – you guys should beat Penn State. So, um, yeah, but uh, – uh, Trey, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we could talk a little football at the end here. I appreciate you being honest uh, about your tweets from six and seven years ago. And oh, uh, we'll be watching the rest of uh, Love Island. Are they going to do any sort? Are you done with this? Are they doing any sort of reunion show or anything? Are we going to bring you back? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I hope so. It'll be fun yeah. to see everybody, especially the people that I didn't get a chance to meet on the show. Yeah. So. Well, we'll be watching. We'll see what happens and see uh, the final couple. So if you had to make a prediction now, who do you think wins and do they split or keep the money? I think Justine and Caleb win, and I think they split the money. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but it will be interesting to see if Johnny and Sully win because I think that's the only, I think that's the only couple to where you could even see another uh, one of the two deciding to keep the money. And like you said about, mm-hmm. about Johnny, I just don't, you go, if, if somehow Carrington and Laurel got to the finals, I don't see one of them stealing the money from the other one. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I don't see it. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens again. Thank you, Trey. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you, man. You got Have it. A good one. See you. Bye. Thank you so much to Trey for coming on. Uh, finally get to some Love Island talk. Guys, look, <laughs> I watched Love Island last year, and I gave up after about a week and a half in. And I thought I was going to give up on this one around the same time, but this one has kept me intrigued. And we've got a lot of people, once this show ends, that I want to hear from. And, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to go down every single cast member, but um, I definitely want to talk to a few of them. So hopefully they will do it. I'll just, you know, I reached out to Trey, DM'd him on Instagram. He said, sure, let's do it. So it's as simple as that. Uh, hopefully some of the other ones will as well. But I definitely uh, I definitely want to talk to some people from the show. And um, I, I'm surprised how much I, I'm enjoying it. I didn't think I would as much as, especially after watching last year. 
especially since this is in one location. It's not, you know, it's at the top of the Cromwell Hotel in Vegas. So interesting. Uh, but thanks for Trey for coming on. And um, I wasn't going to bring him on and not talk about uh, the tweets because they are out there. And they are, if you Google his name, they are part of his story now. And you heard his answer. And that's all you can ask for is someone to say, I was dumb. I was stupid. I shouldn't have said it. I've learned from it. And that's not my belief right now. And, I, and I'm glad he did. So thank you to Trey for coming on. Thank you all for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple Podcasts. It is much appreciated. And it helps in our rankings on Apple Podcasts. Uh, next week, I uh, hope to have a um, Bachelor-related podcast. Just hoping to nail down the time on that. And um, if not, maybe we'll have another uh, Love Island person on. Anyway, um, thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. That was podcast number 201. We're back next week with 202. So until next week, for Trey Forte, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. And we will talk to you next week. See you.